This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's Friday. That means the news panel gets together just before I welcome in Michelle McQuig and Alex Smythe for a conversation. Let's set up the first story. A federal court judge has ruled it was unreasonable for the Liberal government to use the Emergencies Act to quell freedom convoy protests in Ottawa and several border crossings two years ago. Justice Richard Mosley says invoking the act was an infringement of constitutional rights. The government will appeal the decision. Here's what Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland had to say. I would just like to take a moment to remind Canadians of how serious the situation was in our country when we took that decision. The public safety of Canadians was under threat. And here's what NDP leader Jagmeet Singh had to say. From the beginning, we've said, we said and we maintain that the reason we were in that crisis was a direct failure of Justin Trudeau's leadership and also other levels of government that failed to act to take the, the challenge presented seriously. Their inaction resulted in a serious crisis. All right, let's jump into this conversation here. Saying hello again to Alex Smythe. Alex, hello. Hello, Dave. And saying hello to Michelle McQuaig. Hey, Michelle. Hello, everybody. Let's jump right in, Michelle. What do you make of Justice Mosley's ruling? Well, it is adding another layer of complexity to an already complicated situation. The main reason for that, of course, is the fact that it directly contradicts the finding of the commission, the Rouleau Commission. Yep. So that is... <sighs> You can just see how this is going to play out in the in the weeks to come. This is grist for the opposition mill of, of all stripes. Anyone who is opposed to the invoking of the Emergencies Act, irrespective of how they felt about the convoys, now has ample fodder for this. We know it's going to be complicated by other... There's a criminal case that's still in process. There's another lawsuit that's still in process. Mm. The government is offering to, to appeal this. It's probably going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court. I just foresee nothing but complications and, and infighting and squabbling about the, the the Emergencies Act and when it's appropriate to use. I see I foresee this forever, all against the backdrop of a highly emotional debate. Yeah. Yeah. That is just going to deepen the rift already existing in the country on this issue. It's almost unbelievable to think that it was two years ago, right? Like I, I'm, always, Truly, make, I'm yeah. always making this joke: the time is a flat circle, and the pandemic has like totally morphed my perception of time. But it's like, but Alex, it still is wild to me that we're talking about something from two years ago that's really important and really significant, but that people are still so emotionally connected to. Absolutely. And it, it was something that even caught me off guard uh, when I was doing like kind of reading, reading the articles, like looking at the dates, it's like 2022. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, it didn't feel like it was 
that long ago. It didn't feel like two years had passed since the events first unfolded. Overall, I, I feel like I'm not all that surprised. I, I think it was even on a news panel filling in for you, Dave. Like we had talked when when these events were unfolding, when the, the public inquiry were taking place. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I was I, I was I was on vacation last yeah. year when, when the Rulo report came down. So you were definitely filling yeah. in for me that week. And I, I believe we we talked about okay, what were the next steps? What were what was going to happen? It was going to go through the courts, and I, I think even then I, I kind of thought, okay, most likely it's going to be found that it's it wasn't necessary. It was uh, kind of a bit uh, found as to be an overreach from the government, and you know, sure enough, it was. I, I think. It comes back to, and in, in, uh, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh kind of pointed this out, and I think that's really what the crux of this is. It's like, look, this was a failure of government all through the uh, different levels, and be, you kind of set yourselves up for failure. That's why you went uh, through these steps. So that's, I think, really kind of what the findings have, have shown. It's like this, it wasn't, it was a overreach by the federal government, but it's exasperated by these other circumstances. Um, and, you know, the fact they're already, uh, the Liberal government come out and said we're going to appeal this. Yeah, no surprise. Yeah. This is not. This is yeah. not the end. This is rarely going to be the end of a situation like this. <laughs> yeah, Michelle. It's, it's, can, it's, can I just flag one other piece of fine print though from the Mosley ruling that I find interesting sure. and that I think will get lost in a lot of the discussion is that he's saying that he's making his ruling with the benefit of hindsight and with more information that was available to him than what the ministers had at the time when the decision was taken. So that's an important distinction, I think, and I don't think that's ever going to get acknowledged. So I just wanted to get it on the record yeah, that this yeah. is what he mm -hmm. said. Like, it, it is, like, it, it, I feel there's a fundamental uh, difficulty in having these conversations because we're comparing apples and oranges. There, there, there really is no comparison between discussing it with two years of, of perspective and what it was like at the time. And, and I think, Michelle, you did a really nice job of identifying the murkiness, the, the, the conclusion of the public inquiry versus what's going through the court system. They're fundamentally different questions, right? The public inquiry was about Absolutely. getting a bunch of information and trying to understand what the process was. The conversation going to the court level has a lot more to do with the rights of individuals, constitutional rights. That That's wasn't right. something that, that, that Paul Rouleau was tasked with in the in the in the public inquiry so so it's it's worth understanding that you're asking two different questions here but Alex I I, I liked your observation here as well that even in Justice Rouleau's uh, report from the public inquiry he said at the end of the day the Liberal government pretty much had no choice but to use the Emergencies Act but he did say that the instrument is too blunt he did in that report yes, he, he did. did he yep. did task government and leaders and officials to actually figure out something that's that's better or less of a blunt instrument and I, and I think that has maybe been forgotten or lost in the conversation in the last year or so as well yeah, because I, I think like the specific thing was uh, taking it from the the CSIS mandate of uh, I think it's like threats to national security, having that removed from the uh, definition of I believe it was the emer uh, evocation of the Emergencies Act or along that line. That was one line that I remember sticking out. And so it's it's making sure there is a higher um, kind of threshold to to meet for uh, for uh, for bringing this 
forward in the future, which is uh, certainly something that is going to garner a lot of uh, uh, attention going forward. Because the reason why we still have this debate two years after the fact is this was a a huge issue. It's oh, a, yeah. Idea, it's, a it, oh, yeah. it's a philosophical oh, yeah. idea of when does the government have the right to restrict uh, or have, have the power to restrict the rights of Canadians. And I also found interesting another thing that was kind of a little kind of subline within the report is the idea that, you know, the, as you said, this was a legal, um, this is the legal case, and it's the idea of a restriction of rights. I, I believe I read that the, uh, he found that the two individuals who uh, account for frozen, that their, their rights weren't violated, which I thought was a very interesting, but overall, there was more concerns around, you know, the infringement of yeah. rights of Canadians yeah. within yeah. this process. So it's an interesting caveat that, okay, the uh, the two uh, members who had their accounts frozen because of concerns around funding to prolong uh, the protest, that wasn't, uh, you know, an infringement of rights, but just overall the idea of freezing accounts and, and choosing individuals, yeah. that is uh, infringement of rights. Yeah. I, so many layers. Yeah. And, but, and I think that's why it remains a very interesting conversation, because you're talking about idealized theories versus the real world. Uh, Michelle, I mean, you, you and I ran shotgun on this for a, for a long time together during the winter of 2022, talking about the situation oh. playing out in Ottawa in real time. And I've always publicly said, I understand why the federal government had to do what they did because of some complexities that have to do with policing in Ottawa, basically five different police forces running about three kilometers of space in downtown Ottawa. Like, that's always going to cause a natural authority problem. And there was an utter breakdown. People were caught unprepared, and the situation was devolving. So I've always said I understood why the Liberal government had to do it, but I, but I was pounding the table, Michelle, when thinking about the future uses of the Emergencies Act. Oh, I, I remember. Was, I was always very uncomfortable because you it's 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 a grenade and you can't just casually toss out these grenades. And I am concerned that any government might feel compelled on a whim to toss out the Emergencies Act. I, I so so wh where I stood two years ago is where I continue to stand today, even after finding about finding out about this ruling, reading Rouleau's report last year. I I, I mean I, I I still understand, but I'm I still think that that it's a problematic tool. I, I yeah, and and I think the rulings bear that out. Uh, as Alex pointed out, Rouleau said something along those lines. Of course, Mosley's criticism was all the sharper given the ruling he the conclusion that he came to a couple of days ago. Um, and I think that's kind of my big takeaway from all this is that everyone who who shared your concerns about the bluntness of the, or the 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 lack of nuance to this tool. Uh, those those red flags are now being raised in several different official capacities, and I suspect we'll continue to do so as other cases wind their way through. Um, the, the, the sheer complexity of invoking it is now very much on display here. I do suspect that these rulings are going to be establishing a precedent that makes it more difficult to use this tool or that will demand some changes to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, it's hard to argue that that would be a bad thing, and that, of course, is the whole point. The, the, the Rulo Commission, it's worth noting, was enacted because it was part of the law. Yes, that's right. You, it's use, right? Like, <laughs> the, the liberal government a, didn't do that out of the goodness of their own heart. The second you invoke yeah, the Emergencies totally. Act, there has to be an inquiry. It has to be an inquiry, and that and that's what they did, and that's what the Reload Commission was all about. And now these are providing some additional checks and balances in a way that can establish precedent because it's in the court. So I, I there's... There's a lot of value, I think, and a lot of people are probably relieved that some of these more 
complete conversations are happening yeah. after the fact with the benefit of hindsight, like Mosley said. I think we did that well, guys. I don't think we're going to get any hate mail, but uh, who knows? The Emergencies Act uh, tends to bring people out of the woodwork. <laughs> Thank you both for this. Let's. Uh, the emotions are raw still, like even, even for those who lived it and covered it. It's it, it doesn't feel like two years ago. Yeah. Oh man, talk to residents of downtown Ottawa. They'll they'll they'll, they'll tell oh, yes. you a million horror stories about what that month was like for them. Okay, let's put this one to bed. Coming up next, more federal government stories. Busy week for the federal government. The federal government is capping the number of international student visas. What effect could that have on the long-term sustainability of post-secondary institutions? That question will be explored and so much more on the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.